The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy. And with me as always is the other host of the show, Tag. Uh, by your liege, sir, or however, is that right? Gesundheit. And on this podcast, we celebrate classic iconic TV shows as we break them down one episode at a time. What we do, Tag, as you know, uh-huh. we take this episode. We do. We break it down. Every single time. We say we're the only ones that could handle the issue, even though our daughter is literally an architect herself on vacation, (laughs) not doing shit, and would probably love to work with her dad. But no, I have to take all the glory for myself because, you know, fucking Strawberry Jam had no scent. All for you, the listener. Wow, you touched a nerve there. Yes, exactly. (laughs) On On today's episode, we look at the TV movie... A very Brady podcast. Nope. If you haven't watched this movie, nope. please. Nope. Fo- no, nope. the name of the movie is not a very Brady podcast. <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> no, we look at the TV movie, a very Brady Christmas. Yeah, not everything if, is called a very Brady podcast, Jimmy. Well, it should. If you haven't watched the movie, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Mm-hmm. A Very Brady Christmas is available to stream absolutely nowhere. <laughs> we had to stream it off of archive.org. Hmm. We did. Also, you may want to go listen to the previous episodes because you're going to be lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So. So. How was your week? Oh, my week had some highs and lows, Jimmy. Really? You doing drugs again? <laughs> no, no. No, but um, no, mostly just worked. Um, worked or worked it? We always have to already, clarify that. We've already done this. <laughs> know, that's what I'm saying. We always have to clarify. I know. You're right. Um, I just worked this time. Oh, okay. All right. Nobody wants to see me work it. You know what all of the listeners are wondering? What's that? Oh, God. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, why are you saying, oh, God? You don't even know what I'm going to ask. <laughs> I do know what you're going to ask. What, what am I going to ask? Is your tree decorated yet? Exactly. Is, is your tree decorated? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's still up, though, but we are going to do it this weekend. <laughs> it's still up. It's still, uh, so at least you didn't completely give up and just take it down. Like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to decorate it. We are going to do it this weekend, though. <laughs> That's what you said like two shows ago. I know. I, I think know. the first, the first like episode of this movie we did, you were like, I'm, "What? It's Friday. Like, it's, <laughs> the weekend hasn't even happened yet. I'm going to do it." Yeah. Well, I've I've had a rough week, but um, it, everything seemed to be okay now, so I'm in a much well, better good. mood. So, well, you know, some people like it rough. <laughs> okay. It's true. It's true. I'm just saying. So sometimes you, that's a good are thing. Are you one of those people? As far as weeks? No, I don't like them when they're rough at all. Uh, I don't either. Neither. But how was your uh, week? Mine was uh, mine was all right. Not too bad. It was an ordinary week. 
That's good. Not really a whole lot. I got some of my Christmas shopping done. I pretty much got all of it done. I'd like to get my wife one more thing, but I don't know What'd what. you get me? Nothing. Oh. I got you my presents. Get it? My presents? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you give me? <laughs> well, I mean, I agree with you because you are truly a gift to the show. There you go. With your wit, man. But, but what'd you get me? And I, I didn't get you anything. I haven't got anybody oh, anything okay. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm like that too. <laughs> <laughs> My wife does a lot of the shopping, so you get complacent, you know. Yeah. But hey, guess what I did today? Decorated your tree? No. No. But I did something that you might be a little proud of. I watched White Christmas. Oh, nice. Because I had never seen it before, and every year you talk about it. Oh, yeah, we watch White Christmas. Every year we watch it. And I was <laughs> like, why? What the fuck? Why? And you're like, it's really good. And then I hear a lot of people talking about it. So today I decided to hunker down and watch some White Christmas. So what'd you think? I have notes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I took notes. <laughs> Let's see here. Here we go. So first of all, um, I, I had never seen it before. So this is my right. first time watching it. And first of all, overall opinion, just so we can... Everybody can stop holding their breath. Like, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Okay. Um, But, like, Danny Kay is Kramer, right? From Seinfeld? Well, Kramer's Danny Kay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would say the opposite. Yeah, right. Because, yeah. you know, they're younger. Yeah. Ones, yeah. But I was like, when I was watching it, I was like, who does he look like? I can't figure it out. And I was like, he looks like somebody is driving well, me nuts. And I'm familiar uh, with Danny Kay's where I've seen him in other okay, shit I was gonna, I was going to say, because Mr. Ellington made us watch like the Inspector General yeah, and stuff yeah, like Inspector that. Inspector General, so, yeah. I remember that. And then um, <clears throat> as I'm watching it, but then he did this move where he yep. was like, <laughs> like, and he was like, yeah. giddy up. You know, and I was like, yeah. holy shit, it's fucking Kramer. Yep. I was like, oh my God, he looks now just you know where like. Michael Richards ripped it off from. Yep. Well, then I Googled like Danny Kay Kramer and like there's shitloads of crap out there about Danny Kay yeah. and Kramer. I was like, oh, okay. So I'm not the first to think this. <laughs> so yeah, I guess. Uh, but yeah. Um, okay. So about the plot. Right. I wrote, so Danny Kay and his chick are trying to get Bing Crosby and his girl together, but totally not getting together themselves. And I like the way Bing Crosby's like twice her age. <laughs> right, that's another thing too. I was like, and back when, like in the first scene with her in World War Two, right? And then he's like, "Private first class." I'm like, "You're fucking 48 years old and you're private." Right. But then yeah. I didn't know that it was like going to go forward in time, you know. So mm. it made a little more sense. And I was like, "He's 50 something and only like an 03 in the military." It's like like you're, what? you're ready to retire, man. He <laughs> <laughs> should have retired 20 years ago. Yeah, and you know so. But anyway, I didn't know it was going to go forward in time. I didn't know. But okay, made sense. <laughs> I get why all the cartoons now, because I haven't really watched a whole lot of Bing Crosby stuff. Right. But I get like the cartoons now when they used to make fun, like Looney Tunes, where I was like, hey, baby, I don't know. I don't know. And that's my Bing Crosby imprint. And I was like, holy shit, that's exactly how he talks. Right. Just I think there funny. was the original movie that the, the song was from is from like, um, Holiday Inn, I think, or something like that. Or there's an old movie that, that, that White Christmas that that, the, that that song was originally from, and I want to say that the set that they used was from that movie. So it's almost like they recycled the song in the set. But hmm. what's interesting is if you look really closely, the yeah. um, the inn that they stay in, like their old yeah. 
sergeant or whatever he is. Yeah. His wife or maid or whoever she is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was in Sister Act. She was the lady that led the choir in Sister Act. She was in, she, I, she looked very familiar to me. I, yeah, I, I yeah, know yeah. I'd seen her in a lot of other stuff. Hell yeah. Um, she kissed Bing Crosby on the mouth. Hell yeah. <laughs> she kissed him both on the mouth. Um, they, they bring their show to this little ski lodge in Vermont. Right. And they apparently have this huge fucking stage and yeah. an orchestra pit and yep. even a thing that launches somebody out of the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> He's like, well, you know, I got a little stage, a little floor there. You guys could probably do something on, I suppose. Well, come on, like every Holiday Inn Express don't have that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy in there that kind of looked like Harry Connick Jr. a little bit. Right. The guy um, that played um, Bernardo in West Side Story was that's that. what it was because I watched yes. a couple of YouTube videos reviewing the movie too. Yep, and uh, one guy it was just a, a meme that popped up as the guy was talking that said like Bernardo was that you? Um, but um, so <laughs> so there's only like three songs in this movie they just keep playing over and over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, that one Fosse type number they did was really strange. It's like that was so out of place in that. Like, the and you see one? how thin that 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 one, like the one that Bernardo was in, that real Bob Fosse kind of kind of choreography that they do. To, I don't know. I didn't care for that number. That one seemed really out of place in the movie. Uh-huh. Every time I saw Rosemary Clooney, all I could see was George Clooney. Like, because George Clooney Who's looks that? so much like her. George Clooney? No, I know who George Clooney is. Who's Rosemary Clooney? She was the one that was opposite of being Crosby. She was the one that oh, okay. looked like George Clooney. <laughs> the, the manlier looking one of yeah. the two. Yeah, that's the all I can see was George Clooney. Yeah, that's all I can see is George Clooney. <laughs> and if you listen to her in, in later in years, because she was like a chain smoker, like her voice drops like two octaves by the time she's... You know, <laughs> hey, honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when Betty played in New York at the carousel, right. she was wearing bedazzled white gloves like Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course. That's, that's probably where he got the idea. Maybe. Um, now I will say a few things too. Um, I'm not big on dancing and shit like that. Like I don't care about dancing. I don't watch dancing with the stars. It's just dancing is nothing that I've ever been impressed with. Um, and it's kind of like watching like, like modeling stuff, like with clothes and dresses. Like, like, have you ever watched like a Miss American pageant or something like that with like your wife? And then Mm -hmm. your wife would be like, Oh my God, I love that dress. And then the next dress would be like, oh, my God, it's so ugly. And to me, the dresses look the same. Like, I don't mm-hmm. see a difference, you know? That's okay. kind of how dancing is for me. Like, if somebody goes, that was an amazing dance. Or that was horrible dancing. Like, I can't tell the difference. Um, I mean, you can okay. tell when people are off, out of step or whatever. But you know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. Anyway, my point is, um, there was a <clears> – <throat> Danny Kaye's dancing was really fucking good. Oh, yeah. He's known for his dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, when he was doing, like – this ballroom type stuff outside with uh, his chick. Um, I remember her name, the prettier sister. Right. And it, like, it was like really good. And I was like, I'm not into dancing, but I'm kind of digging this. Like this you're is talking about where they're out by the boat. It's, yeah, I think yeah, the song yeah. is called when you're dancing. I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's it's called like cheek to cheek. Like when you're dancing cheek to cheek. Maybe. But one really super interesting thing about that dance number yeah. is if you go back and watch it really, really closely, right at the end of the dance number, yeah. Um, Danny like K dipped down. Well, no, Danny K drops down to one knee. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes around him in a circle, and then they do the dip. Right. Yeah. As she goes around him, she actually trips over his foot. Huh. 
And she's such a good dancer that yeah. that was like, they didn't even notice. Like they didn't even see that she had almost fell down. So dude, her fucking speed tapping shit. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought she it was, wasn't she real. She was a really good dancer. Yeah. I thought it wasn't real, but it was yeah. fucking just, I was like, oh my God. And I was like, just one foot going up and down. Mm. I was like, damn. But see, like I'm impressed. the opposite because I met my wife dancing. So, you know, like I, I do watch Dancing with the Stars and I really am into, I got friends that are choreographers and stuff. So I'm the opposite. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> but that's all the notes I got. I thought it was, that was good though. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought actually the beginning, the only thing I didn't like is that it looked like sets. <laughs> it's like looking well, at the Brady Bunch backyard. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but like in the World War II scene where that explosion, the wall fell. And I thought that was pretty good. That was a good yeah, effect. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. They put a so. lot of work in them sets. Yeah, they were sets, but holy shit, they were fucking functional <laughs> sets. You know what I'm saying? Like they were <laughs> From what I, under, what I understand is that the <laughs> they were still writing this movie as they were still in production. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, and uh, But they hired such a great director that it, like he pulled the whole thing off. Like I heard the thing. very last one where they're all in their iconic like red dresses and stuff. The very last yeah. scene, yeah. I heard they they shot that like months after the fact, huh. because like I guess they decided they want one last shot, so they had to call everybody back in to do that one last shot. It's pretty neat. Damn. I think if you go to the Smithsonian, I think it's the Smithsonian. They have um, uh, the two girls' red dresses and and the uh, hmm. the big feather boas and stuff. The ostrich feather oh. boas. Sisters. Yeah. We should do that song, Jimmy. We should do well, it's that. funny is when Danny Kay and Bing Crosby did that, <laughs> that was the best take they could get. Like them laughing, that's really them laughing. And that was the best take they I could get because every other time they just cracked up and they couldn't continue. It was hilarious. It was funnier with them laughing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the scene where they like honoring the general and all that, that kind of got me a little choked up. <laughs> did so. it? Oh, I thought that was the lamest part of the movie. Okay. Really? <laughs> Maybe it's my military background, but I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Mm. Hmm. But overall, I liked it. That was good. Good. Well, that's cool. That's like I, I just watched um, A Christmas Story for the first time when we were doing Taint Funny. Yeah. I watched it one time and I haven't watched it since. <laughs> it was okay. Sure. It wasn't great. I don't understand why everybody likes it. But. Because it's good. <laughs> mm, okay. That's what they say about Star Wars, too. So. My God, are you trying to alienate all of our listeners? <laughs> like, let me pick a really large other franchise. Oh, yeah, Star Trek? Pff, more like Star Don't. Star Trek? Right? I didn't say Star Trek. I said Star Wars. I know. I'm saying, why don't you pick another large oh. franchise? <laughs> it's like that lame show Friends and Seinfeld. Those two dumb shows. <laughs> <laughs> Classic TV as a whole is stupid. Classic TV garbage. <laughs> no, <I'm teasing. laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should uh, take our first break because it's been 18 minutes Damn. and I'm exhausted. But not really because there's some editing involved. So it's probably that's more. true. Yeah. yeah. But still, it's time. Yes. So uh, we're gonna take a break and uh, and we will be right back. So this is where we take our first break and we will be back. And this is where I take my first break to the little podcaster's room. I will be right back. <laughs> All right. Have fun, but not too much fun. <laughs> Son, is that you? Oh, wow. 
Hi. Tack and Jimmy, I presume? Nope, I'm just Tack. Um, can I help you? How did you even get in here? Dude, I told you I was in the bathroom. Who are you talking? Oh. Hi. Um, who is this? The name's Frank, but my friends call me Herbie McWafflebottom. Oh, hey, Herbie. No, Herbie. Anyways, I really need your help. Let me explain. I'm an elf, and I'm here for your assistance. Santa came to you a couple times for help and raved about the gifts he got. This year was his anniversary of being Santa, yada, 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 and we wanted to get him something special, and I need to talk to H-E-I-C-O-G. Wait, our what? <sighs> Head elf in charge of gifts. Oh, is that all? Well, we really don't have elves. We just directed him to the website, fun.com. Yeah, I remember that, but while you're here, I've always wanted to ask this. Did any of the movies get the North Pole in the workshop right? And where do baby elves even come from? Does Santa really know all of your elf names? And when you fart, does it really smell like candy canes? No, no, I thought those were reindeer farts. But do elf boogers really taste like gingerbread? Ooh, I bet they do. Oh, I want gingerbread boogers. Right? Ooh, and is it true that tinsel comes from Santa's nose hairs? No, I thought that was the hairs from his... Can we focus, please? Get back to fun.com. Sorry, um, but yeah, we told them about a few things on fun.com. They have ugly Christmas sweaters, and this year they've added sweaters from G.I. Joe, Lord of the Rings, and Hasbro. What do you think about that, Mr. McWaffle Iron? Ugh, it's McWaffle Bottom. But that's great you remember. You know, Santa does get cold when he watches Christmas movies. That's a good start. Do they have anything else? If you like that, then you'll also love their shoes and slippers. This year, Fun.com added Care Bears, Fraggle Rock, Labyrinth, The Nightmare Before Christmas, ooh, and even Michael Myers. Oh no, he still has nightmares about that movie, but he does love him some Fraggle Rock. Wait a minute, Santa watched Halloween? No, The Nightmare Before Christmas. They kidnapped Santa in that movie. Oh, good point. Well, this year, Fun.com added throw blankets. They have X-Men, Gremlins, The Dark Crystal, and The Princess Bride. Wow, I can see why Santa loves Fun.com. All those sound amazing. I think Santa will love them. So does Fun.com have elves I need to email or get a hold of or send a text? No, just go to Fun.com using the link on our show notes to receive 15% off your entire purchase. You guys are all right. I can see why Santa likes you. No problem at all. Hey, can you stay and do the show? Can't. It's bowling night, and tonight is two-for-one eggnog. Wait, they even have pet sweaters? Aw, Sugars is going to love that. Hey, have a Merry Christmas and enjoy your gifts. Even if you do wear, should I say, questionable Halloween costumes. I'll see ya. He kind of smelled like candy canes. He did. Wait. Ew. Uh, We are back. Ooh, man. Ooh, doggy. Yeah. As my dad used to say, my dad never said that. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, we are back. You know, and, like uh, a liar. <laughs> and we have the TV movie, A Very Brady Christmas. Yeah. Let's see. Uh-huh. So let's get into this. Some facts about the episode. It first aired in 1988. Mm-hmm. Written by Sherwood and Lloyd J. Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Directed by Peter Baldwin. 
Hey. <laughs> no, no relation. No, okay. <clears throat> According to IMDb, though each of the six kids are sworn to secrecy by Mike and Carol regarding their respective Christmas vacation surprises, nearly all of the offspring reveal the secrets to one parent or the other before being told the plans had changed. Hmm. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. The cover art for the VHS release was a riff on the iconic square box motif from the main title of the series with icy window panes in each box. Mm. Though the characters of Mike and Carol were juxtaposed to the wrong spaces in the square. Mm. <sighs> Come on, Sherwood and Lloyd. You're better than that. Mm-hmm. While it was always very loosely implied, but never explicitly stated in the Brady Bunch that the Brady's lived in Los Angeles area. That implication is more pronounced in this movie as Alice is assigned to pick up some of the kids at the airport exterior images of the airport being of dun, dun, dun. LAX. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we were right. We've been right for years. <laughs> I know. Like we don't know. Okay. Given that it took place in 1988, it is highly unusual that Bobby and Cindy would still be in college. Even (laughs) though Bobby recently dropped out to become a race car driver, Bobby and Cindy would have been in their late 20s. Late 20s. Well, Bobby dropped out and Cindy, well, you know, she's... They probably got too wrapped up in that popcorn. (laughs) Cindy Cindy sometimes takes a while. Stirring that eggnog. She takes a while learning sometimes. You have to be patient with her. That's true. A lot of people go to college for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone to this high school for seven years. I'm no dummy. What's that? What's that from? I know that. What is that? I don't know. What is it? uh, I'll give you a hint. It's not Booger. (laughs) Is it from Revenge of the Nerds? No. Revenge of the Nerds 2? <laughs> no. Revenge of the Nerds 3? No, but oh, it is. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. This is better off dead, right? Yeah, but it is Curtis Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Uh, ah. <laughs> you tricked me. I did trick you. So, Tag here is going to tell us where we last left off, you know, so we're not all confused. <laughs> I know, I know. So, when we last left off. Oh, thank you, Jimmy. You're, you're welcome, Tag. The family is all together for the Christmas holidays. They all have their secrets that they're keeping from the family. Wally's secret is that Wally's secret is that he lost his job, but that has now been solved due to Mike hooking him up with a friend who owns a toy company. Jan and Phil, it was like that. (laughs) Mike just hooked him up. Like damn, Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Jan and Phil were having marital problems, but have since resolved them. And are closer than ever. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Alice is back working for the Brady's due to the fact that Sam has cheated on her and left her for a younger woman. Oh, damn. Mm, I know. Mike is having issues with his latest client that isn't following through on the suggestions he's recommending. He may lose a large client if he sticks to his guns. Man, I hope nothing happens. <laughs> it's family dinner night. And Mike has just made a speech with the family needing to be more honest with one another to succeed. Wally has admitted that he lost his job and wasn't honest with everyone. 
but now that he has a new one, realizes the error of his ways. Mm, okay. Cindy has now stood up during Mike's speech and admitted that she believes Mike is talking about her. Oh, shit. Let's continue right where we left off. Okay. So are you, are you ready to, to, to fade back in? Well, yeah, let's fade back in. All right, so we fade back in with some very festive music. <laughs> Scene one. Cindy slowly walks over to Mike, dressed like a ringmaster for some reason, <laughs> and says... Yeah, Mom, Dad, I haven't been honest with you either. I didn't really want to come home for Christmas. Carol looks at her like, Check out this motherfucker! (laughs) And says, You didn't? Cindy backtracks for a second and says, Well, I did. But then stops, collects herself, and says, But see, the girls, you know, the one that thought you sounded hot, Dad, (laughs) they planned this big ski weekend, and I was supposed to go. But then you called, and I felt like I had to be here. Realizing mm-hmm. what she said, she corrects herself and says, I wanted to be here. I just didn't know why nobody asked me. Cindy goes on saying, I just wish sometimes that everyone would stop thinking of me as little Cindy and start looking at me as someone older as she walks back to the kids table. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey of all people speaks up and says, I do aunt Cindy. Mm-hmm. Cindy, happy at least one person sees her as an adult, pats him on the shoulder and says, well, thank you, Mickey. Soon the other kids all chime in saying, me too. Cindy just smiles at them as Carol walks over. She puts her arm on her shoulder and says, Cindy, sit your ass down and eat. Oh, she didn't say (laughs) that. That would have been funny if she did. Shit. Carol says, Cindy, sometimes parents have a difficult time realizing that their kids are grown up and capable of making their own decisions. Carol pats her head like a dog and says, <laughs> especially when it's their youngest. <laughs> Carol, who only admits that she's wrong when it's not really her kid, says, you're right. <laughs> we should have asked you to come home instead of telling you. Sorry. Do you get that joke? Because you're just like, eh. <laughs> it's because that's not the real Cindy. This is a fake Cindy. This isn't really her kid. Uh, is really her kid? Uh, uh, that ain't oh. the real Cindy. That's just like fake uh, Jan. It's fake oh. Cindy. Oh. Right, right. You still don't get it, do you? No, I, it's because oh, okay. it's not, you know, just Charles <laughs> charge. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Still, give me your phone. <laughs> they hug it out as Mike says, I agree. But you made a good choice. At least you weren't doing anything stupid like a honeymoon or anything. <laughs> everyone laughs carol looks towards mike for approval then asks cindy would you like to come over and sit with us at the big table Mm -mm. cindy looks at carol then at mike and asks wait so you actually had a spa this whole time you maybe sit here (laughs) you me sit at the kids table and i'm literally like some the same age as bobby what the fuck (laughs) no cindy says oh mom thanks for asking but we've got a game going on here Mike points at Cindy, you know, because that's not rude, and says, I wasn't necessarily speaking of you either. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Bobby, who's sitting at the big table munching on some popcorn, asks, Dad, <laughs> were you necessarily talking about me? 
Peter looks at Valerie with an apologetic look as Mike rolls his eyes and says, oh my God, this shit again. <laughs> okay, come out with it. No, that's that's how it felt though. <laughs> Mike says, no. Bobby says, well, good. But then starts to stand and says, but I'm just going to come right out and say what I have to say anyways. Yeah, I had the same kind of note. Like, so there was room at the table for Cindy this whole time. <laughs> and then, uh, and we know it. We like, they're not being polite at this point. Cause at first I thought, okay, well, this is Carol being polite. Do you want to, let's squeeze everybody in and you take your chair. No, <laughs> because spoiler alert, when Greg's wife comes in, Nora, like there's yeah. a, there's an empty chair right there. Like, <laughs> no, she I, totally could have sat I in the big that table. comment too. And then later at the end, right. They have Nora and Cindy sitting at the big table. <laughs> I was like, so what the fuck? So, um, first of all, Cindy really is dressed as a circus ringmaster. <laughs> um, so same note as you. So they had room at the adult table. Um, the actress that plays Cindy, I noticed yeah. really doesn't like looking at people in their eyes. <laughs> like I've, I've worked acting wise with people like this and it's super annoying. Because like you're trying to find you try to find some connection with the person that you're you're playing opposite of, and when they refuse to look at you in the eye, it's really really difficult to do that. It's like Marianne, where she looks at the skipper's hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the fuck game are they playing? They're eating dinner. Like what? Well, I mean, I, I took I picked that up as like, oh, we're trying to see how many times like Peter like spits in his food spits his food out into a napkin. You know, I don't know, even like we're counting some stupid little game like that or oh, okay. You know, I don't know how many times how many times Alice comes out and I was just looks about to say that they sit there and watch Alice out in the kitchen fucking around trying to find pies that don't exist. <laughs> trying to pretend like she's trying to find them when she knows she's damn right well what happened to him. She's <laughs> looking around and going, pies. Pies, there's no pies. You know okay. she's out there going, those fucking kids, I swear to God. They used to pull the shit when they were kids. Like the fucking kid I know they fucking ate them pies. I know they did. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna do passive aggressive. Hey, anybody seen any pies anywhere? No? Weird timing. What are they doing? Making out? Okay. I'll be back. <laughs> so I'm supposed to be on vacation. My fucking husband just left me. And I was like, oh, wait. Somebody's at the door. I better go fucking get it because I still work here. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like passive aggressive Alice. That's fun. <laughs> All right. Scene two. Bobby looks for the words, finally saying, I never wanted to hurt you either, but I'm not in graduate school anymore. Ooh, I know. Carol and Mike just look at him, you know, the way I look at Jimmy when he says he doesn't like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I mentioned that. It seemed extraneous at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby goes on saying, I dropped out a year ago to become a race car, a racer driver. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. Fucking spell check. I dropped out a year ago to become a racist. You know, one who <laughs> races. <laughs> uh. <laughs> There's a long silence as all the Brady kids look at each other, nervously thinking, yeah, great idea coming home this year. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and then you see like uh, Jan looking over at like Peter going, are you fucking seeing this? Peter's like, yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm trying so to he's going to so get it. Holy shit. <laughs> His ass is fucking grounded. <laughs> His ass is grass. Mike and Carol are dumbstruck as they just stare at Bobby trying to take in what he just said. Finally, Alice breaks the <laughs> silence coming out saying, 
I looked everywhere for those pies, and I guess I'll keep looking. (laughs) Carol breaks the sounds first, saying, Bobby, a racist? (laughs) You know, a person who races? You, you, wait a minute, you compete against other races? What? (laughs) A race car driver? Bobby walks over to Carol, saying, yeah, are you having, am I not saying this right? (laughs) So you don't understand. I'm not a race car. Like I drive it. You get that, right? <laughs> it's what I've always wanted to do aside from eating popcorn. And I know that you and dad really want me to finish my business course. Mike interrupts saying, yes, we do. He said that shit stern too. Did you hear that? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Yeah. And the thanks for a moment and says, but we've always wanted you to be happy too. Bobby, now almost pleading, says, driving is what makes me happy. God. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Why can't you ever let me be an adult? Ever. And then he runs up to what used to be his room. <laughs> Mike says, good. You can drive your happy ass right back to school and finish your courses. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, nah, he didn't say that, but he should have. Carol, trying to play the guilt card, says, whether we approve or not, Bobby takes a very long pause. To find the courage and finally says, yup. <laughs> and and how does he say it? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a motherfucking boss? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in a huff? No. <laughs> Carol, <laughs> <Kira, laughs> please back saying, Bobby, it's so dangerous. Mike rubs his face saying, oh, Bob. Mike thinks for a moment, then in true Mike fashion says, well, I didn't always do what my parents wanted me to do. He looks at Carol and says, but I damn sure did what your mom wanted me to do. (laughs) 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 Mike asks Carol, did you? Carol sheepishly looks at Mike, finally saying, no. And then looked at him and then looked at all of her kids and back at him. <laughs> she like looked down at the floor and shit because she was all embarrassed. She's like, why'd you have to take away my flavor? <laughs> Everyone chuckles nervously. Mike looks at Bobby and says, it's your decision to make. Bobby quickly says, if racing doesn't work out, I promise to go back to business school. But right now, this is what I need to do. Mike says, fair enough. Carol hugs Bobby saying, be careful, Bobby. She then grabs his face and says, and when Peter stands and says, all right, Bobby, the checkered flag. What does that mean? <laughs> no clue. That's a dumbest line. Checkered flag. And he high fives him. Like, yeah, give us a high five. Just, just last night you were saying race car drivers are morons. Now you're giving a high five about <laughs> it. All right. Well, obviously he dropped out of college. He's a moron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike trying to get back on track says, now, where was I? Hmm. I like how Mike's bullshit detector is so good that everyone has to ask if he's talking about them. <laughs> like everybody knows how good his bullshit detector is. They're like, you're talking about me, right? Like, be honest. <laughs> like, seriously, you're talking about me, right? <laughs> I just see one of them just sitting there with a stressed out going, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and somebody goes, you're talking about me. No, he's not. He's fucking talking about me. Yeah, no, like, no, he's talking about Bobby. Watch, he, no, I swear he's talking about Bobby. And when Bobby said it, when he's like, nope, I'm not talking about Bobby. I'm like, fuck. 
I mean, he has to be talking about me then. <laughs> Who else would it be? <laughs> Does Alice really think she misplaced them pies? Like, that's kind of bothering me. Like, she can't be that dumb. Like, why are they playing Alice She's to be not. so stupid? She's being passive aggressive. <laughs> Has anybody seen pies anywhere? <laughs> it's like, I know you guys are having family dilemmas, but pies. Okay. <laughs> I didn't come here to make pies for you guys to sit up all night. Right. God did not put me on this earth to make pies for fucking you. Like, she wants somebody to go, Yes, I ate your pies. Like, she wants a confession. And she, <laughs> she's, she's not going to straight up ask and accuse anybody. She's out in the kitchen and she hears. Mom, dad, I haven't been honest. Mom, dad, I haven't been honest. They're talking about honesty. Watch this shit. Anybody seen them pies? And of course, everybody's <laughs> like, I don't fucking know what she's talking about. <laughs> so much for being honest. All right. Pies, never mind. I, don't know, I don't even know what pies are. What is that? <laughs> it's just funny. Alice keeps coming out the wrong times. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird, though, Alice not having like a studio audience laughing. It's, <laughs> yeah. It, it just seems awkward sometimes. I don't know. Especially when she's crying because her husband like cheated on her and left her. <laughs> Scene three. Peter now stands and says, I guess you were getting around to me, dad. <laughs> Mike just sits down and says, fuck it. Why not? All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike says, I was. Valerie then stands and says, no, I think you were getting around to me. Peter pipes Mike's, up saying, he's like, you're not even a part of this. Fuck. You know what? Forget it. Sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you should look at Kyle. Just, just wake me up when this is all done. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Peter pipes up and saying, don't let her talk, dad. She's not in this family. <laughs> Valerie shoots Peter a look as if to say, yeah, you're not getting any, any time soon. <laughs> Allison breaks the tension a third time asking, is this a good time for me to talk about them missing pies? <laughs> Mike and Carol, forgetting once again that Alice does not work for them, sternly <laughs> says, no, Alice. <laughs> Mike then sits saying, I'm going to leave the rest of my speech till after dinner. <laughs> I just see waiting for Alice to come out with like a, like a little notepad. Okay, so <laughs> when's the last time you saw the pies? <laughs> and they say, no, it cuts to her like out like at a dock. There's somebody <laughs> loading fish into a truck. <laughs> Have you seen the pies that were in my kitchen? Yeah, I saw them uh, the other night about uh, eight thirty, I think. See what you don't see is she's in the kitchen right now making new pies with X lax in it. And she's gonna get to the bottom of who's eating her pies. <laughs> that sounded really dirty, but I mean it dirty. Where's the Bobby at? He's in the shitter still. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Alice is giggling. Anyways, Valerie <laughs> Valerie looks to Cindy with a smile and says, "Thanks to Cindy's advice." You know, the grown up. I've been doing a lot of thinking. <laughs> Peter interrupts saying, I've come to a conclusion. Valerie interrupts Peter back saying, well, so have I. Hmm. Valerie turns to Mike and Carol, Merrill, hmm, and says, <laughs> we're in an equal society now, you know, but is interrupted by all the men snickering. <laughs> okay, Just great that. going... <laughs> <laughs> we're in an equal society now women can make decisions too peter trying to sound forceful and sounding adorable says well certain things are a man's prerogative valerie glances at peter saying not anymore oh shit then turns her back to him as she looks back at merrill <laughs> and says not when men take too long to make up their minds 
This time, Carol interrupts, ruining a moment like she always does, and says, <laughs> I have a feeling a question is about to be asked. <laughs> I'm glad you're all here tonight because I'm about to do something that I never thought I'd have the guts to do. Um, you're not proposing, are you? Uh, yeah, pal, I am. Well, think about it, you know? God, Sonny, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to propose, are you? <laughs> Both Valerie and Peter say, yeah, at the same time. <laughs> Carol, perhaps realizing she ruined the moment, says, I have an idea. Why don't I count to three? And then you can both ask the question at the same time. How's that? We wasted the good surprise on you. All right. <laughs> Peter and Valerie, <laughs> clearly not happy that Carol made this about her, says, well, that's okay with me if it's okay with her. Carol, feeling the need to butt in, says, Valerie. <laughs> Valerie glances at Peter and says, I can live with that. Carol, happy that she got to make something about her, says, good. Okay, here we go. One, two. Peter and Valerie quickly turn to each other and ask, will you marry me? I other people. Oh. Wait, what did you say? What's that? What was that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. Everyone gets up and starts hugging and cheering. Everyone that is, except for Mike, who says what we're all thinking. That's the dumbest proposal I've ever heard. <laughs> Don't you know you got to get down on one knee? Mm -hmm. Alice, hearing the commotion, comes out of the kitchen and asks, what happened? Did you find my pies? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like we're going to have another very Brady wedding. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, Alice, by the way, we found your pies underneath the fucking table. <laughs> found it in my stomach. <laughs> now it's in the toilet. <laughs> Gross. Wow, Peter, way to make her feel welcome. <laughs> That's such a dick thing to say. Don't let her talk, Dad. She ain't part of this family. It's like, God damn, you brought her. That's fucked up. Um, <laughs> that was such a bitch thing for Carol to do. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, well, you're not going to propose, are you? <laughs> God. <sighs> <laughs> I bet Carol's the type, I bet when they get married, that she's going to wear a wedding gown to their wedding. <laughs> she's that much of a bitch, I guarantee it. She's going to walk in and wear it like, look, I decided to wear my wedding gown to your wedding. Like, cool. <laughs> Me and Mike decided that we're going to renew our vows at your wedding. Like, oh, okay, way to make it about you. <laughs> Scene four. Just then the doorbell rings. Alice speaks up first and says, I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear Mike in the background. You have to turn up a little bit. You can actually hear it going, no shit, maid. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, well, yeah. <laughs> Alice opens the door and it's who else but Nora carrying a poinsettia. Like, how far did she carry that thing? She carried it on a flight. Probably from the car. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I don't know why I found my joke so funny. Are <sighs> you laughing at your joke, not mine? Not last mine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, she hugs Alice before walking in and joins the rest. <laughs> Mickey and Greg run up with hugs and kisses. Greg finally asks, what are you doing here? Nora explains, I got there and I saw my folks and I saw Tom and Trisha and Trent and Tim and Terry and Tina and Tony and Tack. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Greg adds, and your Aunt Frances, you know, the one you just had to fucking exactly, see because yeah. you couldn't come here. Nora says, yes. She came in. She gave me a big kiss hello. She asked where you were, and I told her about our arrangement. 
And then I said to myself, well, Nora, you've seen Aunt Frances and everyone. <laughs> I like how Nora gets a Southern accent. <laughs> well, Nora, you've seen everyone. Like, just funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I know how you hate with Greg's little mustache. You need to fucking tell him. <laughs> well, Nora, I do declare you've seen everyone. <laughs> it just sounds like you were giving a Southern accent. Fine. <clears throat> <laughs> now it's time to go back to your husband and your son. And so here I am. Basically, she got stood up by her ex-boyfriend. Because <laughs> her ex-boyfriend wasn't going to leave her leave his exactly, wife. Yeah. She then turns to the group and asks, did I miss anything? Carol stands, of course, and says, <laughs> yes, but please don't ask us to start at the beginning. Oh, my God, Nora. No, so much has happened. And you missed it. As Nora greets the group, she sits at an available spot at the dinner table. An open seat. For an adult to sit at. Wow, that's... That was just there. Huh. Just, just sitting right there. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Alice comes out of the kitchen with the turkey. Everyone is excited to see the turkey. Just then, the phone rings. Alice once again speaks up saying, I'll get the phone, Mr. Brady. And you hear him going, no fucking shit. Like... <laughs> Why do you keep saying that like it's an option? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, apparently not used to the phone ringing, asked Carol, who in the world could that be? Carol equally confuses. I don't know. I thought the whole world was here. <laughs> Alice answers the phone with a festive Brady residence. Merry Christmas. Well, yes, he is, but he's just about to carve a turkey. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> it's from the movie, isn't it? <laughs> well, just a moment, please. Alice rushes over to Mike and says, it's for you, Mr. Brady. It's uh, Mr. Ted Roberts. Carol rolls her eyes as Alice says, It sounds important. Mike puts down the knife and tells the group, I'll only be a moment. Don't touch the bird. Mike rushes back to his office on his way, asking Cindy, Honey, you can hang that up for me, would you? And Cindy's like, Well, thanks for fucking asking. Not <laughs> telling me to do it. Cindy jumps up with a, Sure, Dad. <laughs> I think Nora's family was like, the fuck are you doing here? Like you made that poor man go visit his family alone. <laughs> we see your ass where's every your year. And your son. You know, like, <laughs> uh, I told that motherfucker to fucking. You want me to go see his family? Are you fucking kidding me? I wonder if her family finds her as annoying as as Greg does, or as we do. That's <laughs> probably like, oh fuck, here she is. Like, like, can, why don't you go back to your husband? Seriously, go visit them. Like, just one year, please. Um, it kind of bugs me when people call it the bird. Like, just call it a fucking turkey. Like, it's. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just sounds weird. People are the bird. Like just the same syllables. Turkey. That's, you know what I mean? It's, I, don't <laughs> I don't think he's looking for a time saver. I think he's <laughs> using a fun term. <laughs> but I mean, I don't understand. Like, why is Mike going? Like a rescue crew should be fine. Well, like, we haven't got that far yet. But I mean, what the fuck do they do in an earthquake? Like, do they, do they call Mike? Like, what, what the fuck is he doing? Why is he going <laughs> to this? I hear you. But that's not till the next scene. I just comment about them so fucked about Cindy sitting at the kids' table <laughs> is because it's really not Cindy, and so they're just kind of like, I bet if Charles yeah. was in charge of the seating arrangement, he'd, she'd be at the fucking adult table. Well, that's because he's in charge of our days and our lives and our wrongs and our rights. 
Yeah, but in the song it also says Charles in charge of seating arrangements and that's true. Uh, and the kids' table. Yeah, that's true. His table. Charles yeah. in charge when Mike has to go out and we have to sit <laughs> and wait to eat. Yeah. Charles in charge when Mike says don't touch the bird and then Jimmy gets mad and flips the bird. <laughs> no. <laughs> and Jimmy says, Why do I take a little bird? You just call the fucking turkey. <laughs> <laughs> but I want Charles in charge of me. <laughs> exactly. I think I'm pretty sure that's how I think you nailed it. <laughs> I think we did. Man. Hmm. Scene five. After Mike leaves, nosy Greg asks, who's Ted Roberts? Carol shoots Greg a look and says, Ebenezer Scrooge. Hmm. Bobby points and says, I thought that was Peter in his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, Carol looks at Alice and says, I hope he's not calling with a lot of bah and humbug. Hmm. Phil glances at Jan and says, I'm so hungry. I could eat a Jan quips. Gray like goose. Hmm. They both just laugh. And Phil's like, that's not what I was going to say, but okay. <laughs> sure. Feels like you obviously didn't see me looking at your crotch, but okay. <laughs> Mike then enters from the den, taking off his jacket saying, I'm sorry, everybody. There's been a little trouble at the construction site. I don't think I'll be long. Go on without me. Everyone says, aw, in disappointment. Hmm. As Carol walks Mike to the door, Mike turns to her and says, trouble at the Roberts job. They've had a cave-in and two security guards are trapped. Carol, not giving a fuck, asks, so why didn't they call the architect who replaced you? Bitches only turn up with they mm-hmm. I can't make this shit up, bitch. Damn. Mike answers, everyone's out of town for the holidays. I'm the only one that they thought could help him. I've got to go. Jan sits there sheepishly mumbling. I could have helped. I mean, I'm a fucking architect. I mean, why is daddy the <laughs> only one who, who's seen as an architect? Daddy, daddy, daddy. That just been funny. That just would have been funny if she would have done that. As Mike goes to leave, Carol stops him and says, be careful. Mike says, I will, honey. I didn't even get a chance to finish my speech. Mm-hmm. Mike kisses Carol and says, Merry Christmas, and leaves. After Mike leaves, Carol solemnly says to herself, Yeah, Merry fucking Christmas. Mm. Mm. So, wait, so he was fired from that job? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they called him anyway to come help? Yep. And he's still going? Exactly. Well, that sounds like a you problem, and I'm here getting ready to eat you know, dinner with my family. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, just what would they have done if Mike would have been like, that sucks to be you? Like, that's yeah. what um, experience and knowledge is. Remember that conversation? Hmm. <laughs> sounds like you're going to have a lawsuit. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee it's going to be more than 10%. Hmm. Funny how that works, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny if Mike would have been like that. <laughs> yeah, I'll come down there for 10% more pay. It's going to suck when the media hears that uh, I tried to warn you about this and you said no, because it would cost you too much money. Isn't that what you said, Mr. Roberts? That lives were not worth 10%. I'm pretty sure that's what you said. <laughs> He's down there. The reporter's like, sir, do you have anything coming? Yeah. You should listen to me and save 10%. <laughs> Instead of saving 10%. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here right now. If I was a gecko, then you could talk about saving 10%. But, <laughs> but you don't save 10% on people's lives. And then he picks himself mm-hmm. up and drops him. <laughs> <laughs> Scene six. 
At the job site, we see an ambulance coming through a crowd of people. We then see a police officer pushing people back, saying, Keep the crowds back, men. I don't want anybody near the entrance of the building site. Let's move back, folks. Move back. Please move back. I had to put all that in so back. everybody would understand. <laughs> yeah. Move back. Yes. So that's really, that's the takeaway here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We then see a news anchor reporting. From what we understand, there are two men trapped in the cave. And as long as the supports hold, they'll be safe. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure everybody understands that. Yeah. So they're trapped. If the supports hold, we're good. It's funny how everybody knows about supports in LA. It's amazing. <laughs> Even security guards. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I looked around and there was only one. It's it's amazing how they know what to look for. It's cool. Of course, they'd be safer with additional support. <laughs> <laughs> and for only an extra 10% cost, only a complete dickhead wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, we've been told that someone is on his way with a plan to rescue them. In fact, someone's coming this way now. <laughs> I see a man walking towards me. Perhaps that's the man we've been waiting for. Probably. <laughs> she walks up to my desk and, excuse me, sir, are you the architect or the engineer? Mike says, no, I'm not. Why? Because he wanted to save 10%. Exactly. <laughs> and this is what happens when you try to cut corners, people. I like how they've already pinned it on Mike. Like, here comes the guy that's going to save him. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> I just got here. I don't even know I'm just a happening. consultant at this point. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> I shouldn't even lay hands on anything. I should just be pointing. That's it. <laughs> and the anchor not giving up asks, what have they told you so far? Can you give us a statement, sir? When Mike ignores her, she says, okay, apparently there's no time for an interview. <laughs> Fuck me, right? Back to you in the studio, Bob. <laughs> but as soon as we get it, we'll pass it on to you. <laughs> the officer escorts Mike to Ted, who says, Mike, I'm glad you're here. Mike asks, how bad is it? And Ted says, nothing like this has ever happened to me before, Mike. If I thought, oh. Hell yeah. Like goose pimples. I nailed it. Mike says, well, let me check it out. Mike begins climbing into his collapsed building as the anchor says, now we're going to try to come to you throughout the day as events warrant. <laughs> but in the meantime, back to you in the studio. Hmm. Bob. Funny how there's a fence around everything that seems to block everything. It's almost like they didn't have to have a very big budget for a whole set. <laughs> so they just like chose some random building that was in process of being built and they just built a big fucking fence around it so you couldn't see anything else. Well, normally you have a fence around construction sites because you want people coming in. I don't know. <clears throat> They're dangerous, Jimmy. You know, have you ever been on a construction site? <laughs> well, except when they let random people that has that hasn't even shown his ID. They don't even know who the fuck he is. Just let him roam mm-hmm. around. I'm gonna go in the building. They just they just let people. Oh, he's got a hard <laughs> hat on, so he must know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> I love the '80s music in the background. You notice that? <laughs> no, like that '80s like action music. Like you know, um, <laughs> awesome. I think this was like Pink Shirt Day or something. Like both Ted and Mike both had pink shirts on. Um. <laughs> Why would the costumer like let both of them wear pink at the same time? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't notice that they were both wearing uh-uh. pink. Yeah, I thought it was kind of strange. But just to reiterate, like, did the reporter really think that Mike had time to do an interview while an emergency <laughs> was going on? And besides, like, he just got there. He doesn't know anything yet. Yeah, I think she did that for the camera so the camera could be a like, camera caught her. Like, see, I tried. See, guys. 
Mm-hmm. Those kind of Are you even trying to get an interview out there, Linda? Like, uh, yeah. Because if she would have just let him walk by and be considerate, then people would have been like, the fuck? Like, he walked right past you. You didn't even ask? Hmm. You're not going to get the story if you don't ask, Linda. <laughs> this is why you're still out there doing on-site reporting. Funny. We didn't have this problem when men were reporters. Hmm. <laughs> don't forget next week when you're covering the story of the fluffiest kitten in town. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way the cookie crumbles. No, no, obscure <laughs> reference. All right. You know what that's from? That's from uh, Truman Show? No. Nope. No, uh, the other Jim Carrey one. Liar, one, like, liar. Pants off fire. <laughs> All right. No, it's not from Liar, Liar. It's from uh, Bruce Almighty. Yes. Yes, Bruce yes. Almighty. All right. <clears throat> the funniest part of that movie is when <laughs> Steve Carell's like, like and he's doing all the weird stuff oh my god i don't know how they kept the straight face doing that <laughs> yeah anyways sorry <clears throat> scene seven mike comes back out of the building and says i can hear him ted asks but you can't get to him once out mike <laughs> explains the forms have shifted off the foundation is there anyone around here that can handle that cat ed says well yeah you just pick him up and just bet him <laughs> 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 no, Ed, or Ted says, yeah, sure, I can handle it. It's been a while, but I was a construction foreman. Mike says, all right, take it around the south side. Start trenching over there. Ted asks, yeah, but won't that cause the building to collapse further? Mike, not in the mood, says, Ted, it's the only way I know to relieve the stress. Mm. Ted agrees, saying, whatever you say, Mike. Mike shoes yeah, him off saying. We're going to talk about that later, Ted, but for now. <laughs> Yeah, whatever I say. Yeah, remember that. So you do know there's like human lives in there, right? Just, you know. Mike shoes him off saying, <laughs> come on, go, get to it. Ted runs off with an okay. Ed jumps in the tractor while Mike runs <laughs> back into the building, you know, because that's a good idea. <laughs> as soon as Mike goes into the building, we hear creaking and breaking. Oh, shit. Ted worried yells, Mike, Mike. But a second <laughs> collapse happens. Possibly trapping Mike inside. Oh no. Yes. I bet that felt good telling Ted Roberts what to do. Yeah. He's yeah. like, just fucking do it. Do what I tell you. He's been waiting on that one. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I bet that stuff. <laughs> he went he went inside that building going, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I feel stung. like fucking Superman right now. Yeah, that, that stung him. You know, he was like, oh shit, I man, I wish I would have taken his advice. <laughs> this is gonna cost me so much more than ten percent. It's gonna be like eleven percent. <laughs> so that sucks might might be trapped in dust <laughs> might get his pink shirt dirty yeah what's he gonna do like how's he gonna get out of all that dust <laughs> dust in two by fours <laughs> yeah. so this is where we take our next break so mike may mm. need more than just his two front teeth this christmas he mm. may need a new body <laughs> <laughs> will we ever see mike again We'll be back. I think so. Hey, Gen Xers. Get the news and podcasts that matter to you on Rediscover the 80s. Each week, hosts Jason and Wyatt deliver two shows that will connect you with the past. First, listen to the 80s weekly newscast with retro pop culture headlines from the world of movies. They are actually trying to reboot... The Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. Streaming. Transformers Earth Spark. 
What did you think, man? It looks interesting, but it looks like it's another spin-off of the Risky Bots. Collectibles and more. They made Tina Turner into a Barbie. Then, listen to Memory Jogger, featuring memories from the 80s and early 90s. We're going to spin the old randomizer tonight. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's spin it. Oh, Ooh, a big one. Transformers and GoBots. Star Wars. Ooh, we might be here a while. <laughs> Robin Ooh. Williams. What a tribute. Yeah, Robin Williams. Ooh, oh, grandparents. Michael, Michael J. Fox. Fox. PSA commercials. PSA commercials. Ooh, okay. Listen to both shows now on Rediscover the 80s. Search now in popular listening apps or stream from your browser at rediscoverthe80s.com. The 80s Weekly and Memory Jogger. Two shows that will help you rediscover the 80s. And we are back. Ooh, man. Ooh, that was man. a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tack, you listen to this show, right? Like, I know you, you, you listen <laughs> to what to we're it doing right and you edit it. But I mean, do you like yeah. listen to it through, the, through, you know, Apple Podcasts or whatever? Sometimes. Sometimes I do. <clears throat> I have to. I listen to it every week. That's good. Well, it's, um, it's quality inspection. It's QA. Exactly. That's, that's really why I'm not like. You know, just egotistical or anything. <laughs> just it's really like little things like making sure the mic sounds okay and make sure that the <clears throat> the sound bites that we edit or that we not we, uh, the sound bites that we that we put in sound okay. You know, because you can you say know. it. You, you're checking on my editing. Is what you're doing? Say oh it. no, it's, it's no. I'm checking on everything. Say it, Jimmy. Admit it. Okay, I'm I'm fine. I'm checking on everything. <laughs> <laughs> you told me to say it. No, <clears throat> no I'm checking everything. Yeah. And. You know, in our never-ending quest for making the show better, like even back, you know, in the the second season when I came on, we immediately started listening to what people say in emails. And all the way back from day one, the listeners' opinions have really meant a lot. And they really have. That's what's gotten the show better and better progressively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we never want to stop doing that. And not only is that for me and Tax um, performance, if you want to call it that, but also like the content itself. <clears throat> so me and Tack got talking about it and we've, we've asked our producers and we kind of hear what they had to say, but now we're bringing it to the listeners, to you guys. Like how happy are you with Gilligan's Island? You know, it's, I mean, I don't think anybody dislikes it. Um, but is there another show you'd like to hear? Um, is there another format you'd like to hear? Is there, I mean, you know, is there anything that we can improve as far as the content that we're creating, as far as the subject matter of the content, mm-hmm. we always want it to be a, a, a rewatch podcast and <clears throat> me and tax senses of humor is our sense of humor. So we're, we're well, not really going to change that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be impossible to change. But as far as what show we do, that could totally change. So me and Tech were talking about it and thinking about it. And we're always thinking about the show and we're always talking about the show. And there's a lot of conversations we have that never go anywhere. And this might be one of them, but we're kind of kicking the idea around about changing the show after the season, just because we always want, we never want the show to go stagnant. And, um, when you say you know, changing with, the show, what right. do you mean? Can we change separately? What we're, so, what we're rewatching. Yeah. So let's use the word podcast and then show. 
Podcast okay. meaning a very Brady podcast. Show meaning Gilligan's Island. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So we're thinking that we're kicking the idea around about changing the show, not the podcast, right. the show, uh, the show that we are watching. Yeah. Um, and there, there's so many shows to choose from, but like a good example is a show like The Office. It's a great show. It's a hilarious show. Me and Tech both love the show, yeah. but it wouldn't be a very good show for us to do because it already makes fun of itself. So what's left to make fun of? Yeah. Right. So, um, so we're just kind of kicking the idea around about maybe another show. Um, so we would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, feel free to email in, uh, be honest with us, be brutally honest with us mm-hmm. and, um, tell us what you think, what you don't think. And you know, what you, a show you think might be kind of cool or if you like it the way it is, you know, um, you can say that too, but we're just curious what you guys think. Um, so not, not to put you on the spot tech, but what, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm down for whatever the listeners really want. Um, okay. I, I love doing the show and I think it's so much fun. Um, I'm enjoying Gilligan's Island, but if, if listeners come back and say, Hey, you know what? I, I like Gilligan's Island, but maybe let's try, uh, um, as an example, full house. Mm-hmm. Why don't you guys do a full house, which is a great example of a show that would do, I think very well on the show. I'm right. not saying I'm pitch, I'm not pitching full house to everybody. I'm just bringing it up as an example. It's a show that you can make fun of. It's cheesy. It's corny, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Um, and then if that's what everybody or their consensus mostly says, yeah, let's do that. Then I'm, I'm down for that too. Um, right. I just want to keep doing the show. <laughs> um, oh, I do too. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, but we're just mostly just curious about what you guys think out there. Maybe most people love Gilligan's Island and don't want us to go change anything exactly. until we're done. Yeah, yeah. So that can be the case too. If they're down for that, I'm I'm in. You know, but yeah, it's a whatever. You know, I just want to appease the audience. My my thought is is um, Brady Bunch has a huge cult following. I mean, out of all yeah. the TV shows, that probably has one of the biggest followings, and mm-hmm. that's one of the main reasons you decided to do it in the first place was because yeah. of the wholesome corniness about it. And mm-hmm. the fact that it has such a big pop following. So <clears throat> those are big shoes to fill really big shoes to fill. They and are really lot- big shoes to fill because yeah. it's the almost the perfect show. Yep. And it's real, really <laughs> what we're discovering is that it's hard to find another show that it has is, yeah. all those perfect little things in place. To where yes. it works out for us. Another good example would be Saved by the Bell. Yes, yes, um, exactly. And I would love to do Saved by the Bell, but it's been done before in the past and currently being done now, right? Um, right. Mark Paul Gressler, I think, <clears throat> is doing his show. Um, they're still doing that, you said? Yep. I don't know why I would think that they're not. I don't know. But, <laughs> um, but still, that's di- it's a different show. It's different. Right. They don't do it like we do it. But, uh, just examples. I mean, but talk amongst yourselves. Come up with some ideas. You know, if you guys say, Alf, you should do Alf. Or what's that fucking stupid show that came out in the 80s that has no cult following? So I don't see why we would Saturday do it. Saturday Night but, Live? <laughs> no. What? <clears throat> no. Um, uh, what is it? A world? No. I don't remember how Vicky, but she was like the robot. A different world? No. <clears throat> Where it was like Vicky the robot chick. Oh, Small Wonder. Small wonder. That's yeah, yeah. like that'd be a good one too. But nobody knows what the fuck show that is except like twelve. Well, yeah, of and us. That's, that's a part of it too. Is like you've pointed out off air that uh, step by step is a lot like the Brady Bunch. 
Mm-hmm. It's a very it's very similar to the Brady Bunch, but there's no large Facebook groups for step-by-step. There's not step-by-step doesn't have the following that the Brady Bunch does. <laughs> um, and there's not a lot of shows that do, you know, and <clears throat> that's part of it too is, I mean, we obviously want to do show a show that appeals to people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's part, and there's a lot of shows like, like uh, perfect strangers. That was a great show. It was a great Therese show. company. was a great show. Hell yeah. Mork and Mindy was a great show, but these aren't shows that have massive amounts of followings. So it makes it really hard to pick a show. So that's why we're reaching out to you guys just to, we're not, we're not definitely switching shows, but we do yeah. want to, we do care about what you guys think. And we do want to know what you guys have to say. And so let us know that the producers, <clears throat> I mean, we, we're talking to the producers in the background as well, but, um, but we'd like to hear what you guys say. So feel free to write into the show. If you don't care, that's perfectly fine. Um, if you have a strong opinion either way, there's no wrong opinions. Um, but we just want to get a consensus to see what everybody has to say. Um, so, yeah. So feel free to write in, message us on Facebook, whatever you need to do, <coughs> and let us know your thoughts on it. We would appreciate. Yeah. And uh, we could be making changes as soon as next season. So mm-hmm. um, this season is going to be up in about five weeks. I think. Yes. Four weeks. Like, I think like, from, from the airing of this episode, I think we have four weeks left. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. My opinion on uh, Gilligan's Island is, first of all, it's it's very close to our humor anyways. It's actually pretty funny. But it's always the same location. It's always in a, <clears throat> excuse me, in a hut, in the jungle, <laughs> at the lagoon. It's always the same, you know, kind of, how did this person get on the island? Why can't they rescue them? Where did they get all this material from? Where did they get this thing from? It's always the same. Why does the radio keep work? It's always the same jokes over and over again. And (laughs) I'm not saying I'm disappointed. I'm not saying it's getting old, but I I could see it getting old for the audience. Us making the same jokes all the time. (laughs) So... Which is why we bring it to you in the first place. So let us know what you think. I'm never asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> what do you mean same jokes? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, let, we're not definitely changing. Just let us know what you think. That's all. We're just trying to solicit a response from you guys. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And you can uh, hit us up at uh, com, or like yes. he said, message us on uh, Facebook in the group or wherever. Or an Instagram, yep. wherever you want. Yep. I mean, it, I, I kind of wish that, and I told Tack this off air too. <laughs> I kind of wish we could just say, screw it, just do the entire series of Brady Bunch again. <laughs> but <laughs> that's really not feasible or possible. And I mean, I guess it's possible, but it would be really dumb. And we'd um, just be doing the same jokes again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we would be for, for reals. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of shows out there. Partridge Family, that's similar to Brady Bunch. Um, leave yeah. it the beaver has that corny wholesomeness about it. So just, I don't know. Just let us know. Yeah. So you ready to get back into this? Let's get back into this. and Find okay. out what happens. You know, I'm a little nervous for Mike. He's well, rolling just, a lot of dust and two by fours. Exactly. Yeah. So just in case you forgot, Mike had ran into a partially collapsed building. Well, I mean, it was, it was like, you know, like dust fell. And like you said, like some two by fours and and maybe some drywall, but the building is pretty much up. But either way, will we ever see him again, Tack? I don't don't know. You didn't watch it? (laughs) (laughs) So let's get back into this. All right. Scene eight. 
Later on, now with the entire Brady extended family there, the reporter says, From what we've been able to learn, a local architect, Mike Brady, is still in the collapsed building where two security guards, excuse me, security officers, Hmm. are known to be trapped. The reporter then turns to Carol and asks, Mrs. Brady, we understand that your husband is in there (laughs) trying to rescue the two men. Carol nods. The reporter goes on, you must be fucking scared. Are you scared right now? How like are you doing? Dead. How are you being interviewed when your husband might die? He could be already <laughs> dead. Like, why are you talking to me? He could be dead now. We don't even know. He probably you're could talking be to bleeding a out. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> he could be cut and bleeding out right now. We don't know. <laughs> he might be literally holding his intestines in his own hand, and you're talking <laughs> to a reporter. Don't you love him? Like, do you even <laughs> care about him? He'd be holding his bloody intestines. <laughs> hey, sweetie, is that your grandpa in there? Grandpa <laughs> might be holding his intestines. And I heard sometimes when you get those injuries, you shit yourself. He probably has so much dust on him. <laughs> He's all dirty. <laughs> anyway, Carol nods and says, yes, he is. The reporter <laughs> says, you must be very, very proud. Oh, I'm proud of him, too. That's what she also said, yeah. so... Proud that he didn't wait for any emergency personnel, didn't wait for any additional structural support to prevent a further collapse, or even consulting his own daughter, who is also an architect. Hmm. Hmm. Carol says, of course, we're all proud of him, but that's not going to help much. As soon as Carol says this, movement is seen in the building as the security officers stumble out of the building. Soon the crowds are cheering with relief. Ted speaks up, saying, great, here come the men. Then he walks over to Carol and says, the trenching shifted the stress just like he said it would. But Cindy shuts that shit down, asking, but where's dad? (laughs) Carol, realizing that Mike isn't coming out, turns to Ted and says, oh my God, Mr. Roberts, where's Mike? (laughs) She didn't even know. (laughs) Hey, where is he? Where is my husband? My God, Carol. What are you standing there staring at for? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, oh they're out yay but where's dad oh shit you're right Where, where's your father Mike do something <laughs> Greg trying to be a hero says mom I'm going in but everyone stops him saying no Greg it's too dangerous and then, and then Bobby's like I'll go in that's fine <laughs> I'm a race car driver I'm good but Greg is pushed back by the police officer. Oh, damn. That means he means business. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if the extras got paid $100 instead of 50 because of all that overacting they were doing. <laughs> did you act, did you act as, as an extra today? Um, sir, I overacted. So exactly. I need 100 instead of 50. Um, <laughs> so Ted didn't even realize Mike didn't come out. Mike's just like, yay, we can go home now. <laughs> He's um, like packing up his shit and getting in his truck. <laughs> and what the fuck is Greg going to do? Like, is he going to go and there and deliver Mike's baby? Like, what's he going to do? <laughs> what's he going to do? I like how Greg waited until he saw a police officer standing there. Because he was like, man, I wish I could just. He's like, oh, there's a cop standing there. Mom, I'm going in. Yeah, and he has to the say super like, loud. Whoa. Oh, oh shit! I can't. All right. That's like when you take a step and like these guys will take a take a step in front of their friend and be like, "I'll kick your ass," and act like they're gonna run, knowing their friend's gonna grab them. You're lucky, my friend grabbed me. You're lucky I walked in front of him and stood there for a second. 
right. Scene nine. The security officers, notice I wrote that, mm-hmm. begins telling Ted, we heard a noise. I was cleaning a dish. <laughs> then I came out. I mean, I was really cleaning, and then we went in to see what happened. Then it, then it all came down. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, well, no, I was in my kitchen, and I heard it, so I came out. You were in your living room? I was in my kitchen cleaning a dish. I heard it. I came out. What? You were in your basement? He was in his living I was in my kitchen cleaning a dish. I was really cleaning, and I heard it, so I came out. It's <sighs> fine. <laughs> Ed asks the security officers, where's Mike? The officers say, he was right behind us. There's only one support left. He must be trapped. Oh, shit. Ted runs over to Carol and says, I'm sorry, Carol. Mike's in there. He was right behind them. There's only one support left. He must be in. <laughs> Everyone looks at each other in disbelief. At the same time, we see Mike inside the building trapped under rubble, trying to free himself. But can't. Oh, no. Yes. And that's the end of part four. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, wow. It's amazing that they have an officer that's an amateur architect and knew what a support was. That's amazing. And what to look for. He had to wait a minute. I know we've been trapped in here. We thought we we're going to die, but let me count the supports. Oh, shit. There's only one. Um, seemed extraneous yeah. at the time. Hmm. I've been a security officer at a construction site before, and yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, if I was trapped in there, I thought I was going to die, and all of a sudden I was able to, like, I wouldn't stop and count how many supports were left. Fuck that. Like, how many supports left? I don't fucking know. Like, I thought I was going to die. Are you kidding? I know we're running for our lives, but count those beams. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what the security officers were even doing in the building to begin with. What are they doing? Fucking Hmm. off? Like. Security officers should be guarding, like, the entrances to the sites to make sure people don't go in or are authorized, and also to make sure people are wearing hard hats and their safety gear, shit like that. Right. And, like, have a badge and stuff, not going in wandering around the construction site. I mean, (laughs) like, Well, hopefully they'll explain it in this next scene. (laughs) (laughs) See... (laughs) Is that your way of telling me to shut up and keep going? No, no, it's my way of saying they kind of explain it. It's next scene. They do? <laughs> well, they make a comment about it, yeah. Oh. Well, let's see. Scene 10. <laughs> now, nighttime, we hear the reporter saying, two men were rescued earlier, but one still remains trapped inside. Ironically, he's the man who set them free. Structural investigators have refused to allow rescue workers to enter the building to save the third man. Pending the arrival of the safety commission. Oh, damn. Yeah. Back to Carol and the family. Carol, who's standing in front of a safety line for some reason, (laughs) is joined by Cindy, of all people, who says, Mom, I blame Nora. If she hadn't shown up, this probably wouldn't even happen. It's true. She didn't say that. But Cindy says, hey, do you remember that Christmas when you lost your voice? You, you, you remember that? <laughs> you, you remember it was season one, episode 12? Do you, you remember that? I wasn't on the show. No. I know you weren't. Wait, on that episode, on that epi- did you have a guest on that episode? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. 
I did have an ambassador. I did have a guest on that episode. Oh, okay. I, went, I just wasn't sure. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, my You set God. him up, I knock him down. <laughs> I got a really nasty email about that episode. Um, Recently? No. Way, oh, oh way okay, back, okay. Way back then. <laughs> anyway. So, Cindy's like, do you, do you remember that? Remember? And I was a little kid then. You... Maybe if I hold my hair like a pig, you remember now? <laughs> maybe if you like close one eye and shake your head really fast, maybe I'll look like her. But I remember I asked Santa Claus to give you your voice back because you had laryngitis. That was a different episode when we both had to get our tonsils out. Mm-hmm. Remember that? You remember that, Mom? When I remember we, that, yeah. When we were in bed and we ate ice cream. Remember that? Anyway. <laughs> and we all prayed about it. And you did. You got it back, remember? <laughs> Carol turns and asks, do you fucking imposter? <laughs> <laughs> you spent all this time trying to convince me that you remember. <laughs> Seems a little fishy to me. We then see a flashback of the real Cindy visiting Santa. She runs up to Mike saying, Daddy, Daddy. Mike chuckles asking, what are you so excited about, sweetie? So he says, I just fucking saw Santa. Like, what? Cindy says, Santa's going to give mommy her voice back for Christmas. Christmas. Mike, not interesting what the fuck she's saying. He's what? Like, what the fuck is Christmas? He really does that too. He's like, he's what? (laughs) Christmas? I don't know. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Cindy explains, he promised mommy can sing on Christmas morning. Mike looks at his poor, simple daughter and says, Oh, sweetie. <laughs> How could he do that? He's not a doctor. Cindy says, he's better than a doctor. He's Santa Claus. Hmm. Okay. Back at the building, Carol says, I remember Cindy. You didn't have to fucking go into this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. We are then treated to a flashback of a rousing Flohen style rendition of Oh, Come All You Faithful. And it was horrible. Oh, my God. Jimmy, give us a little taste of that. That's okay. Um, (laughs) This is the worst rescue crew ever. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? They randomly, they just call some random dude that's, yes, he's an architect, but he's not the architect for this building. And, like, they just stand around and fucking watch him go in. Like, it's it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And where's this fucking safety commission? They know somebody's in there, right? Like, they can wait until Monday when the holidays are over or something? Like, what the fuck? Like... Yeah, structural investigators have refused to allow rescue workers to enter the building. What what are they doing then? What about Mike's plan about using the cat? It must be a nightmare when there's an earthquake. Because every single, like, nope, we can't rescue anybody. We got to wait till the safety commission. But but the building's <laughs> torn down, sir. Well, I guess we got to wait nine months for the building to be rebuilt. And then we'll have a safety commission meeting. And then we'll decide if anybody gets rescued. How often does that happen in California, though? Exactly. That's true. Um, (laughs) Why would they have Cindy, of all characters, do this? Like, why not give this part to somebody that that actually came back? (laughs) Like, of all people, you give it to the one person that's not an original cast member. Hmm. Sound like Charles was in charge of the scene. Exactly. Hmm. I think that was part of the theme song, too. Charles in charge of the close to the last scene. And yeah, that was nice. <laughs> Charles in charge. Don't discriminate, even if you're not an original cast member. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like it was part yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it. 
<laughs> scene 11. Back at the building, Cindy, still walking with Carol, says, Oh, mom, I wish I still believed in Santa Claus. Hmm. Carol then dramatically looks at the building and says, Sweetheart, big girls can have wishes too. Mm-hmm. Carol then begins to sing, Oh, come all you faithful. Cindy's like, you just call me fat? (laughs) (laughs) Soon Cindy joins in, and soon the entire crowd is singing. Carol makes her way around the crowd, finally standing with Alice and Cindy. (laughs) I noticed that, like, when she's singing, it looks like she's basically, because remember, she's standing on the other side of, like, you know, the caution tape. Right. And then it looks like she's performing for the crowd, because she turns to the crowd and starts singing. Yeah. It's like, okay, she just found a moment to perform for the crowd <laughs> while her husband's in there, like holding his intestines in his hands. So. But I mean, just a few minutes ago, Greg was like, mom, I'm going in there. And the, the, the police officer wouldn't even let him pass that line, but <laughs> Flohan's allowed to stand in front of it and fucking sing and stuff. Like, <laughs> like, why is she in front of the safety line? She should be behind it with everybody else. Jimmy, you know, the answer to this. She's Carol fucking Brady. That's exactly right. Um, <laughs> I like how Flohan had to sing an entire octave lower than she did in the original. That's, that was kind of funny to me. What is that from old age? I guess so. I don't know. Or smoking. Maybe she was a smoker. I have no idea. Hmm. Maybe it's from too much, using too much Wesson oil. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a part though that, um, I guess I didn't put it in there. Oh, and I think it's the part where it was, uh, we heard a noise. Yeah, we heard a noise. And so that was in the in the episode, the officer says, uh, we heard a noise, so we went in to check it out, and that's when the building collapsed. Officer, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I just want you to know if it helps in your investigation. I was in my kitchen, and I heard it, so I came out. I will testify in court. I was cleaning a dish. I will bring the dish as exhibit A. And this guy, he was in his basement. Tell him what you told me. Tell him what you told me. That's not what he told me. He's lying. That's not what you told me. But that's why they went back in there. Because you're oh, like, why are they going right. in the building? Yeah. That's true. That's true. They literally just said it in the scene I was complaining about. Yeah. Good point. I stand corrected. Feel good? I was like, yeah, tech, yeah, that stung him right there. <laughs> <laughs> Scene 12. We then see Mike in the building holding his intestines. Who <laughs> <Sorry>. hears <laughs> the scene and apparently wasn't sure if anyone wanted him to come out. Because <laughs> he basically just gets up and walks out of the building with a, I got you, fuckers. Oh, shit, I got you, good, you fucker. <laughs> Mike is literally not even limping, like even a little bit. Walks up to his family, is greeted <laughs> by huge hugs. Everyone that is, except Alice, mm-hmm. the reporter then reports, "Folks, this is a Christmas story with a really happy ending." Oh shit! That's what took him so long in there. Oh, so he was in there. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I get yeah. it. He must really like dust. <laughs> the reporter goes on. And I just noticed the street sign on the corner. Camera pans and shows that the street sign is called mm-hmm. 34th Street. And oh, it damn. says, it looks like another miracle on 34th Street. Back Aww. to you, Bob. It's a hide and seek world champion right there. Yeah. 
<laughs> but seriously, he wasn't even limping. Like, why the hell was he just sitting in there? That's kind of a dick move, man. Like, well, it'd be funny if he, <clears throat> they all hugged him and he came out and Mike was like, why is everyone here? Like, I was just checking to see if there was anybody else in there. And then I was looking at the work the other architect was doing. I was just taking notes, taking pictures and shit with my phone and just kind of wandering around looking at all the fuck ups. I was lying I down, know. like trying to see underneath the rubble, and I when you I fucking fell asleep. When you know it, <laughs> I didn't even know you guys were all out here waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Till I heard that god awful singing. <laughs> I was like, "Shit, that's my wife." God damn it! Why'd you come down <laughs> in my work? And uh, also, the last line mentions two Christmas movies. It says a Christmas story, America on Thirty Fourth Street. Aww, aww. Yeah, Mike's probably like, "God, I'm so glad phones aren't portable." She'd be bugging the <laughs> shit out of me then. scene 13 back at the Brady residence Hmm. Carol pats Alice on the shoulder and says Alice this is the best Christmas dinner in the history of reheated Christmas dinners oh shit everyone adds here 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 Uh, Alice walks up behind Mike and Carol and says well it would have been better if I had my pies (laughs) Everyone groans. Finally, Greg fucking smiles like it's funny and says, Alice, we confess the whole bunch of us finished off those pies last night. Mm-hmm. Carol speaks up first saying, that's terrible. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> Mike leans in with a what bunch? I didn't get any. What? Oh, <laughs> what bunch. Just then the doorbell rings. Mm. Shockingly, Alice gets it for a change. As she walks away, Mike asks, when do I get to finish my speech? <laughs> As Alice opens the door, Santa walks in. Mm. Alice shocks, exclaims, Santa. Santa walks in with a ho, 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 but pointing at the Brady girls for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Carol looks at Mike as if to ask, who the fuck is that? <laughs> the kids, of course, go ape shit and run over and hug him. <laughs> Mickey doesn't waste any time asking, if you're really Santa, where's your sack? <laughs> Santa says, sorry, kids. I just have one present for Alice. Santa, realizing that everyone was literally in the middle of something, says, oh, I didn't mean to break up your Christmas dinner. I'm sorry, folks. Hmm. Carol says, well, that's all right, Santa, whoever you are. Hmm. Alice steps forward, perhaps recognizing the voice and asks, did you say you had a present for me? Santa says, Yeah. I brought you and he pulls down his beard and says me. Alice begins to get emotional as she says, Sam, (laughs) Sam begins saying I've been a fool, Alice. It's Christmas. Please have the spirit. Do you have it in your heart to take me back? Alice now crying and apparently stupid says, Sam, don't you ever do anything like that again? As she gives Sam a huge hug, Sam happy. It worked out says, I won't. I promise. You're top sirloin. Next to you, everyone else is chopped liver. Mm. Everyone laughs at the meat pun. Carol yells, looks like we all got our Christmas wishes. Mike looks at Sam and says, we wish you a Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, everyone has to start singing. (laughs) Hold up. Yeah. Just like that, Alice just takes him back. Yep. And nobody wants to kick his ass. You know why? It's a very easy rex- explanation. You know why? Why? Because he finally got rid of that stupid fucking accent. What accent? The one Sam used to have? 
Oh, he talks like that. Yeah. <laughs> he got rid of all that. He's talking like a man now. He's talking like a <laughs> like a like a man of the of eighty eight. <laughs> but he cheated on Alice and left her for another yeah. younger woman. Like right. that's not forgivable, or at least not as easily as she did. Exactly. That's just fucking weird. That's what Top Starline does, Tack. <laughs> no, I agree with you 100%. That's fucked up. Um, so earlier you said Santa's sack, and that reminded me of a quick little story real quickly. Okay. So it was near the holiday season a long time ago. My son, so I think my son was around eight years old. Okay. And watching this cartoon, it was like a Christmassy episode. And they were, Santa was having some trouble because... He lost his bag of like toys and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So the, everyone in the in the episode was on the trail to find Santa's sack, right. and that's how they were saying it. And then they were saying, "We need to get Santa's sack." And my son, being only eight years old, was dying laughing. <laughs> and I, like, of course, I'm laughing too. But then I'm looking at him like, "What are you laughing for?" And every time they said Santa's sack, he starts cracking up. And I'm like, "Wow, well, this kid knows." And then I shit you not. Once they got the Santa sack back, it was stolen, but it was like literally like ground through the dirt. So the the line literally was, (laughs) we have to clean off Santa's dirty sack. (laughs) And me and my son lost it. We were like, like, now they're messing with us. Like, there's no way somebody wrote those, these lines and didn't think, what, what's so... This you guys are enjoying my script. This is funny. Everybody's laughing. And like, <laughs> like it changes. Everybody's like, nope, it's perfect. <laughs> just like that. That's I just funny. couldn't believe it. That's Probably funny. Nuts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> One more quick story. It's not as long. <clears throat> Another cartoon. This was a Disney cartoon. And they were, they were teaching kids about shapes. Right. <laughs> and I swear to God. It was Mickey. What's that one with like, come inside. It's fun inside. Uh, Mickey's, Mickey's, uh, the, uh, Mickey's Clubhouse. Yeah. Mickey's Clubhouse. An episode of Mickey's Clubhouse. And we we're learning shapes. <clears throat> and I swear to God, Mickey wanted us to find the triangle. <laughs> the triangular bush. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Can you find the triangle bush? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Tangent. That's good. So Mike doesn't even go to the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, he's not hurt. He was just hanging out, taking pictures. and fucking- Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, like how they, I like how Greg thinks that shit's funny, like a fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> we ate all the pies. <laughs> that shit ain't fucking funny. Like, that shit wasn't for you. I would love to see Alice just fucking go yeah. off. <laughs> like, well, Merry fucking Christmas to me, right? Fuck me, right? I think like, it'd be funny if everybody just threw Greg pies. under the bus and was like, we were asleep last night. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this is wee shit. <laughs> so wait, Alice really doesn't know that Sam? I mean, she doesn't recognize the voice? Like, I didn't recognize it, Sam. That's because it wasn't. <laughs> I know. Why do you think no, right? Yeah, like she should have immediately as the door opens, it would have been like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Um <laughs> So I'm, weird. I, I'm thinking his new girl must have broken up with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I doubt he was For like, sure. you know what? You're not Alice. No, you got to get out of here. Like, no, it was like she went back to her boyfriend or her husband or whatever. And he's just like, shit, what do I do now? <laughs> oh, I know. They're, she's probably at the Brady's house. Um, but my <laughs> last Christmas, I'm lonely. <laughs> my last note is, oh my God, stop singing. <laughs> Way <laughs> too much Christmas. singing in this episode. Holy shit. <laughs> So that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> that was. That was my first time really watching the whole thing all the way through. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that was all right. It was all right. Might have been better if we watched it in one sitting, but I, I only watched it as we did pieces. Like, yeah, that's fine. I watched, you know, 20 something minutes a week. <laughs> that's all I did. So what came after the movie? Did the Brady Brides come after the movie? Before. So what comes after it? The Brady's? I guess, yeah. So that must be where Bobby gets in a, in a car accident and is in a wheelchair. Possibly. Hmm, okay. All right, so I have an email to read. Cool. Technically, it was a DM, but somebody oh, slid damn. into our DMs. Hell yeah. So this one comes to us from Tom Tomato Zuloga. Very nice. Junior. Wait, Senior? Junior. This oh, is junior. oh, okay, okay. Mr. Tom Tomato Zuloga is his father. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, Tom Tomato says, Hey, Jack and Jimmy. Hi. Once again, that's how I read them. I assume that's how they typed it. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I love your podcast, and I listen to it almost every day. Aw. I was listening to part two of Very Brady Christmas, and right. I have something to add. Okay. The part about where Bobby was an aspiring race, a racist, right. where he wanted to be a racist. <laughs> you see, I have driven race cars as a hobby for 38 years since Very I was nice. 16 years old. I'm 54 years old now, and I still race dirt track oval race cars. The dialogue that you were discussing in the episode about the, quote, bar under the seat. Yeah. I believe it was a blunder by the writers who were trying to refer to the part of the race car called the nut. Between the seat and the steering wheel. Since the driver sits between the seat and the steering wheel, the driver is often referred to as the nut. When there is a handling problem with the race car, a pit crew member will ask if there is really a problem with the car or if the nut is the real problem. Oh. I believe it was poor writing with them trying to get some lingo in the episode to make it sound more realistic. But they got it wrong. Keep up the good work as I will keep listening. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I like that. Thank you for that clarification. That makes a lot more sense now because I'm not a race car driver guy, but I've worked on cars since I was a kid with my dad and I don't know of any, any nut under the seat that would control the, you know, the handling of the car. It didn't make any sense to me, but that, I'm glad you clarified that. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like with photography. With photography, a lot of times you're reading books that the most important part of your camera is located about four inches behind the viewfinder. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> Um, I've said this many times on the show and I'll say it again. Um, I'm not, Bobby a loves popcorn. <laughs> I'm not, oh, a, sorry. I'm not a racist either. So I don't know right. <clears throat> about this type of stuff either. So I appreciate the clarification. I thought at first he was going to say that he raced dirt track ovals. I was gonna be like, well, yeah, they don't move. They just sit there. So I bet you win every time. <laughs> like that's like me saying I can jump higher than my house. <clears throat> See my house jump or my daughter. When I asked her when she was like a little, little girl. Right. I said, what do you want to, because I know she loved animals. 
Right. I was like, so what do you want to, you know, be when you grow up? She was like, well, I like horses. I'm like, oh, well, there's a lot of careers in there. You can race a horse. And right. she goes, she looked at me, shocked, eyes wide. I can't race a horse. My legs are, my legs will get tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so funny. That's like when my kids would be like, oh, my daughter would be like, I kind of want to be a vet. Like, well, you better join the military. Yeah, it takes like, <laughs> yeah. like at least four years, I think. What about so, when your niece said she wanted to be an optometrist? That's right. It's like, well, just think positively. Honey. You'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than being a pessimist. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> All right, Tom Tomato, you All know right. we did here. We had fun today. Remember, we do love the show. It's just a lot of good times and uh, a little nostalgia. Hell yeah. And we would also personally like to thank our producers from Patreon because without you, this wouldn't be possible. And we appreciate your feedback recently on stuff that we've been asking you. And of mm-hmm. course, of course, we appreciate Jenny and Jim because uh, you guys are the ones that got it started. You're the one that got that ball rolling and we will forever be in your debt. So thank you. Indeed. Some homework assignments. Thought we were going to forget. Talks like <laughs> my line. Uh, some homework assignments for first right off the bat check out the website at www.averybrittypodcast.com do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts Podchaser CastBox and apparently Audible yes and Audible tell two friends about the show and if you don't have two friends tell tell somebody randomly on what's that what's that website where you can uh, randomly talk to people through their webcams Oh, are you are you friend Grinder or something? Uh, is it Grinder? No, that's the one where it, where it shows you how to like make bread from wheat. Um, <laughs> what's it called? Um, anyways, there's a website out there where it lets you see random people's webcams. Go on there and tell them about the show. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I know what you're talking about Omegle. Yeah. Omegle, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you can write a letter to Santa and tell him. That's true. You could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or send an email to the show, just like, uh, well, Tom Tomato didn't do it that way, but a lot of people have. Uh, and tell how us how, how you, did Tom Tomato do it? He just sent a DM. He slid into our DMs. Okay, so you can do it that way, too. Yeah. Send an email to the show. Let us know how you like, dislike, or what we were talking about earlier. Exactly. Yeah, we really do want break. your feedback on that, so we'd appreciate it, yeah. Yeah. And hit us up at a very podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun. At a very ready Facebook group, and that's getting more traction now. People are a little bit, you know, participating more and more, and it's really fun now. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you'd like to be a producer and maybe hear a little bit more about what we're talking about behind the scenes and asking yes. them and being a part of all those decision making. Plus, you get merchandise depending on what level you get in. You get merchandise sent to you. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Yeah. So check out Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Check out our Instagram at podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get real-time updates. So if the show's ever going to be late, that's where you're going to find out. Go check out the Retro Network. You will like it. I promise. It's awesome. It's great. And uh, yeah, it's lots of fun. So go check out the Retro Network. Oh, at, sorry, at theretronetwork.com. Yeah. And speaking of fun, fun fun.com too. (laughs) Exactly. And check out our shop with our affiliate link at averybradypodcast.com slash shop. And last and certainly not least, check out the T Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. Mm-hmm. Two more things. One is keep an eye out for the new horror podcast that me and Tech are coming out with. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fun. That'll be nice. And also, go watch Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island is next next week. 
But next time you you hear us, we're it's going to be after Christmas. So of course, happy holidays, that kind of stuff. But uh, I guess it'll come out the Thursday between Christmas and New Year's. It's going back to Gilligan's Island, and Tack now will tell you the episode you should watch. Sure, take it away, Tack. Um, on this, thank you, Jimmy. On the next episode, you're you're, yeah, you're welcome, Tack. Okay. Um, we are going back to the island. So Gilligan's Island season one, episode 16, entitled Plant You Now, Dig You Later. Mm. You dig? You dig. Now, Jimmy. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know if it's lazy writing, but let's hear about this next episode. Okay. Both Gilligan and Mr. Howell lay claim to a treasure chest that Gilligan dug up while working for Mr. Howell. The professor offers to settle ownership once and for all, with a trial. Okay. Does this sound familiar to you? No. Remember when uh, uh, Gilligan was working for Mr. Howe and they discovered gold in the gold mine? Oh, yeah. And then they all claimed, that's mine, that's my gold mine. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But they didn't have a trial. No, but... And then, lay claim, my claim! <laughs> it's back to the Brady's. There's not a whole lot you can write about on an island. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look forward to that. Yes. Next week. All right. So unless you have anything else. Um, nope. All right. Well, in that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Zach. And this has been a very pretty podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.